Are you an Aussie tradie and your paperwork is shady? Do the darkest farm side keep you up late at night? Are you sick of pushing paper? Swinging your tools the more you gave up. Call us the tricks of your trade. Welcome to the Tricks of Your Trade podcast, where we talk about trade business topics to help you get through business life unscathed. Does the bill to pay you late and your cash flow fluctuates? Do you dread the office work? Can't afford a full-time clerk? Consider working smarter. Don't be a business smarter. Call us the Tricks of Your Trade. Welcome to episode 22 of the Tricks of Your Trade podcast. I'm your host, Michelle Serson, construction adjudicator, lawyer and director of Tricks of Your Trade. Today on my podcast, uh, we are talking about the carrot to discount the current job for preference on the next job. And if you haven't had this offered to you at some point, uh, hopefully you are working for some really good clients. But it is pretty dog eat dog in the commercial construction industry in Australia and quite a common uh, request from a builder at the end of a job where they have either not made any money or there's a little bit of a dispute between you two. One of the things that they try to convince you to do is to walk away from your variations on the table for preference on the next job. Now whenever I've seen this offered it's never because you are going to be paid a premium for the next job. You're usually still going to have to be the cheapest guy to get the next job. But what they're saying is we will just give you this next job straight away. We won't have to um, go back and, you know, you won't have to meet anyone else's price or anything like that. Now, just before I get too far into this, I do need to pre-qualify that what I'm not talking about in this podcast is I'm not talking about variations that you know deep down in your heart you probably aren't entitled to so say for example you missed something at quoting stage and you were talking the builder into paying for it or if you think you might have overpriced the variations or if you didn't give the builder any notice that you needed to be paid for the work that you were doing and you just expected him to pay you on a variation basis at the end of the job all of those things are not really black and white fully owed to you variations so there's some the door is open a crack for the builder to argue that you're not entitled to the variations the other thing i'm not talking about in this podcast is a genuine settlement offer so if you have had a genuine dispute with your builder and he's offering you a settlement on this basis i'm not talking about that situation in this podcast what i'm talking about in this podcast is where You have submitted your variations progressively as they've come up. You've done all of your contract admin. You've got day worksheets that are signed by the foreman. Builder knows you're owed the money. And he just either can't pay you or he doesn't want to pay you because he's not making any margin on the job. And so what he does is he says, look, if you want to be our guy, if you want to be our main man moving forward, you're going to have to walk away from these varies and we'll share some losses. But we'll give you preference on the next job as long as you're still the cheapest. So I'm not saying in this podcast that the builder is premeditating screwing you over, but it's still his fault. He's asking you for these concessions to be made. And I want to make it clear to you why if you stay on the carousel and you keep going back to the poison chalice, why you are doing a disservice to your your business and you're assisting your competitors in uh, making more money than you too. Now, if you're tuning into our podcast for the first time, I need to tell you the reason that I know this stuff is because I used to be a builder's CA. So I used to be in this position sometimes and I've seen this stuff unfold with my own two eyes. So unless your builder is 
insane and just really enjoys fighting and ripping people off, there's usually procedural or underlying reasons within their business that leads to these things unfolding. And here's what they are most of the time. It's usually because they don't have the money to pay you um, ever. And that means that your builder, he's going broke. So there's no contingency. The job is not making money. In fact, the building company's not making money and nothing is ever going to end well if that's the case. Now, it might not be as dire. It could just be because he's got a lack of cash flow right now. And that's the second reason he might ask you to do that because he doesn't have the cash flow right now, but he knows in his next job that he's going to be coming into some cash flow. And so he's really just kicking the can down the road on paying you. Now, I'm going to get into the details about why that's a big problem for you still, because you need to start to question how many other subbies is he doing this to? Uh, how sustainable is his business if he's got peaks and troughs that are that severe? And what do I do if I agree to this and then I go and sink some money into the next job as well and he doesn't come out of this trough? Now, the third reason is a little bit less unlucky for you, or I should say a little bit less dire because a building company going broke is as bad as it gets if you're the subby. But <clears throat> you're a little bit less unlucky if it's just the case that you, somebody in the building company has made a mistake and they're trying to cover it up. So if you've got a green CA or if you've got a junior staff member asking you to do this or a contracts administrator or an, a junior project manager asking you to take a hit on the current job and not invoice those variations or to withdraw the invoices for those variations and they'll give you the preference on the next job. What they've done is they've made a mistake and they're asking you to pay for it. Now, the really unfortunate thing about this situation is that you're not going to know which one is actually afoot in the building company when this situation plays out. So when somebody asks you to walk away from money to be walked into the next job, you will not know. But here are some ways to shit test it. So if the builder has a cash flow problem right now, but he's going to be coming into some money, he should not even hesitate to throw the money that you're walking away from onto the top of the contract value for the next job. So if you're the cheapest guy on the next job and he's saying, no, you can only have the next job because you're the cheapest too, you need to be going back and saying, hey, if you want me to walk away from the money on this job, you need to increase the contract value on the next job so that I get that money back early days on the next job. Now, if your builder agrees to this, congratulations, you're now a banker. You are a big shiny banker financing his uh, cash flow issues and your business structure and your risk profile has just entirely changed. Now you might be thinking, oh, come off it, Michelle. I probably never would have got paid that money anyway. Well, look, if you're working with us and you are taking a systematic approach to your contract administration, there is no reason why you couldn't recover that money if you have done everything in terms of your contract administration. But if you do ask the builder uh, to throw the money onto the top of the next job, then two things are likely to happen. You're going to have to sign a deed of release for the current job. And so you will have to walk away from recovering that money. And then you're going to have to take a leap of faith that the builder will actually have the cash to pay you when you come to draw down on the next job. The other thing is, if you've got a trade credit insurance policy and your builder is asking you to do this, to asking you to, to bankroll his job, then 
you've got on your hands what's called a notifiable event. And that is where one of your creditors behaves in a way that leads you to believe that he's insolvent or that he doesn't have the money to pay you right now. If he's come right out and told you that, you need to notify your insurer. If you don't notify your insurer, you could void your insurance policy. And then you're a shiny banker with no insurance. Now, having a signed contract for a higher amount on the next job does not make you a secured creditor. So if you're kicking the can down the road on that payment that's owed to you and trusting the builder to pay it to you when the next job comes good, you're actually prolonging the amount of time that your builder has available to him to go broke. Now, if the amount of money that you are talking about is sort of around the $50,000 mark or it's a bit less than $50,000 and you're reasoning to yourself, look, it's not cost effective for me to debt recover that amount anyway. Let me put this into perspective for you. If an amount less than $50,000 has the ability to sink your builder's business, things are pretty serious. On the flip side, how many other subcontractors is he doing this with? Now we see this behavior unfold in other ways when builders are in financial crisis and they think to themselves that it's actually a good strategy to take smaller chunks of money from more subcontractors so that you don't entirely burn the relationship and also the amounts are too small to merit that subcontractor paying for debt recovery services and they're less likely to have somebody notify their insurer that they're not being paid and so they fly under the radar in terms of credit history and credit checks. So if your builder's asking you to do it for a small amount of money, say for example less than $10,000, and he's saying look we'll throw it on the next contract, this could be the type of behaviour that indicates that he is trying to skirt the law in terms of trading insolvent. Now moving to the third reason uh, that a contracts administrator might ask you to do this and that is if they've made a mistake and they're trying to cover it up. The way to shit test that is to ring his boss and the very best phone number you can have in your phone book is Mr. Builder's phone number. Actually the guy behind the money who owns the company and if you're the staffer that you're trusting and that you're working with has made the mistake and he's asking you to walk away from your money so the building company doesn't have to take a hit, when you ring the builder he's very likely to be thrown under the bus. So your relationship with that guy, it's probably in the past. But rest assured, that relationship probably wasn't as valuable as you thought it was. In fact, if you were to put a dollar figure on how valuable that relationship is, and you're walking away from cash, it should be in the negatives. So if you ring the builder and you hit him up about uh, getting a discount on the current job to have some more money on the next job, and the builder's not on board with the plan, what you've done is you've actually firmed up your position with the guy who's got the money because he's going to know that you're going to bring these things to him in future contracting situations. He's either going to back his racehorse and go, no, my guy didn't make a mistake. You're not entitled to that payment anyway. Dig his heels in and tell you to get stuffed. If he does that, he doesn't have the money to pay you and you know exactly which one of these options he's dealing with. But if he says, holy shit, mate, I didn't realize this was going down. Let me look into it. He comes to the party, he pays you your money. Uh, everything comes good, but it could be the case that that kid doesn't work for him anymore. That, my friend, was never your problem to deal with. What you've done by going above the contracts administrator's head is 
letting the builder know that you're going to level with him like a good bloke and tell him exactly what's going on with his company. He's going to appreciate it, even if it means that he had to come up with money that he didn't think he had to pay. If he doesn't appreciate it, he is not your unicorn client. Now, the last thing I want to impart uh, in your mind before I sign off on this podcast is there's actually a selection criteria for how you end up being the guy that gets offered this all the time. So if you think of it in terms of a recipe for a perfect storm and on every single job you are being asked, mate, take a hit on this one so that I can walk you into the next one. Have a look at this list of reasons that you might be constantly coming into the builder's crosshairs uh, with these types of requests. Now, the first one uh, really just comes down to the money that we were talking about a little bit earlier about how it's worth it for the builder to do this to you because the value in variations for you on most jobs is enough of a reason in and of itself for the builder to ask you to walk away. So there's a money grab to be had. Uh, You're the guy because you typically do a bucket load of variations every single job. And he knows that if he can burn you or if he has to burn one subcontractor on the job to make some money, he can burn you and he's only going to have the fallout of losing one reliable subcontractor, but he might get up to $50,000 or more on occasions uh, for asking for this kind of scenario. Now, the other alternative that I talked about a little bit earlier is where the builder will try to take small amounts from multiple subcontractors. Typically, they won't want to do that if they're in financial crisis because what happens is they increase the risk uh, by pure statistics that one of you will go and make a complaint uh, or that they will end up on a bad credit rating report because they burnt so many people. So when the builder has no money, they need to think about on their decision tree, what are we going to do? How are we going to get this money? We could burn one subcontractor and get this much money or we could burn... 15 subcontractors just a little bit and get the same amount of money but the risk of burning all those other subbies means that we've got to try and manage all of those disputes if those subbies talk to each other we could come unstuck very quickly now the second reason you might constantly be the guy uh, to be offered this kind of scenario is that your admin is so poor that the builder actually thinks he has a chance of rolling you if there's a really big dispute So he might be thinking, look, if this subcontractor takes us through adjudication, his documentation is so poor anyway, we'll probably win. So it's relatively low risk. Or it could be that the variations that you're asking for are disputable. And so therefore they could try and twist it and make it look like they're the victim in the situation and that you're trying to take variations you were never entitled to. Third reason, you've got form for letting him get away with this kind of behavior. And so he's just going to keep trying you because he knows you've rolled over in the past it's that simple he also might know how useless you are with your debt recovery processes so he might know you have no idea how to get the money even if you wanted to and so you might be top of his list to come and rob now this last one's a little bit sickening but the builder actually thinks about whether or not you've got the money to fight him on these disputes so if he thinks that you are in financial distress yourself or if he's strung out your payment for so long that you can't possibly come up with the funds to fight him, you might be top of his list for somebody to um, screw over in this way. Now, this last one's a real kicker. If you go broke on his job, he's going to be thinking about how many other jobs that you've got retention held by him on 
that he might be able to gobble up in the same process. So if it's about net dollars owed to which which other business as a creditor and you've worked for him on 15 other jobs in the last 12 months and he's got retention on you for all those other jobs, the low-hanging fruit for him to not have to pay his bills is not just the amount that he owes you on this job, he might also be thinking he can keep your attention on the other jobs. Now, the purpose of this episode of the Tricks of Your Trade podcast is not to make you think that builders are predatory. It is to make you see the practical decision tree that the builder is faced with when they don't have the funds to pay you. And when they're backed into a corner, they need to do what they need to do to keep their business alive. And so nothing good can come of these types of situations. If your builder was taking the moral high road, was a good bloke who had every intention of paying you, he never, never, never would have asked you to take a hit on this job to be walked into the next job. And if you stay on this merry-go-round of getting ripped off, all you are doing is sinking money from your business into this guy's problems and letting your competitors take the better work with other builders. So in my opinion, I don't care how much work the builder says that he has, what he's actually doing is holding you to ransom. It's like blackmailing you to take to give him a discount so that you can stay on the extra work merry-go-round. There is no conduit of work for this guy. He's already tr- probably trading insolvent. If he's not trading insolvent, he's overstretched himself and his staff don't know what they're doing. So cut your losses, move on, have the systems in place to debt recover the first time somebody asks you to do this. Never, 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 never cut a deal to take a carrot to discount the first job to be walked into the next job. The very best way you can protect yourself from this is a systematic approach. If your admin is tickety-boo, there's a very good chance that you will never be asked this question in the first place. If you have any questions about what I've talked about on this podcast, feel free to drop me a good old-fashioned email at questions at tricksofyourtrade.com.au. If you would like a systematic approach to your contract administration and getting paid, head on over to our website and check out the Subbies toolbox. You won't be disappointed there. And just one last time, our web address is www.tricksofyourtrade.com.au. Are you an Aussie tradie and your paperwork is shady? Do the darkest farm side keep you up late at night? Are you sick of pushing paper? Swinging your tools the more you gave up. Call us the tricks of your trade. Welcome to the Tricks of Your Trade podcast, where we talk about trade business topics to help you get through business life unscathed. Does the bill to pay you late and your cash flow fluctuates? Do you dread the office work? Can't afford a full-time clerk? Consider working smarter. Don't be a business smarter. Call us the Tricks of Your Trade.